All right, good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Thank you all for joining us here in the studio so much for uh, another sitting with tea and contemplation. So this month in the month of May, we're exploring the nature of personal practice from a perspective of how much we actually need. How do we determine not only just in, in terms of time spent, but you know, what's the point? What's the purpose? What's the direction? What are we trying to accomplish here? You know, um, and not even not even from specifically like a goal setting kind of thing, but just an awareness of the intention that we bring into our practice. You know, so that we're not jumping into something and just doing it habitually and not really thinking through the the reason why something calls to us or why a a period of time feels better versus another period of time really thinking some things through and all the different threads and discussions around that. And today's theme is exploring distraction and stimulation. Stimulation and distraction. Things that we always have to contend with when we're doing this. <laughs> so I invite you to gather up anything that you still might need for creating your little tea space, whether that is a temporary tea space or a tea space that is in your home or in your office all the time with you. And starting your hot water and allowing yourself to get settled wherever you're going to sit. Bringing an awareness to why you're choosing to sit where you are today. Considering that maybe this might be a place that you sit only for this time maybe really only for this specific time, this specific time we have together on Fridays. Or it might be where you come to do a lot of your contemplative practice or your movement practice, maybe where you do your journaling and your writing, where you do yoga, where you lie down and rest. So what is the nature of this particular space that you're coming to today? We're first extending an invitation to the body to, to arrive here and to settle. Acknowledging that settling is a process. Settling is something that happens gradually over minutes or even hours. So we come and we sit and we let our full weight be held on the chair or the cushion where we're at. And seeing if you can locate the very center of your weight today. That might change day by day, just kind of how you're feeling. But today, where do you feel like the very most center weight of you is located? Let's start by placing the awareness there. And you can do this with your eyes closed if that feels like that is helpful for you to go inward and create a little bit of calm and some space. Or you could keep the eyes maybe just half open and gazing at something on your tea space, your tea table that is a still and quiet object. So just notice first your own center of gravity. 
and invites curiosity into the space around that center of gravity. What does it feel like today? It might feel noticeably heavy, like an actual weight, something very sturdy. It might feel expansive and broad. It could also feel like a calm space. It could feel still. Or it could feel fuzzy, feeling like a, a center of energy almost. Just become curious, just notice what your particular center that you're drawn to the most feels like in the body today. and extend your breath into this space. The awareness of the movement of each inhale and each exhale right around this particular area. get a bit distracted. That's okay. That is actually what we are exploring today. Just simply call the breath back, call the body back. Come sit down again. Just notice where you left off. So notice what it's like not to be interacting with too much at the moment. There's our thoughts, sure. And there's anything physically that is happening in the body today, any kind of tension or perhaps discomfort. But otherwise, we're not really doing a whole lot. Notice what that feels like for you. Maybe that is something that is uncommon for you in the course of an average day. Now start to expand your awareness to include the awareness that this is a tea practice and that we're going to be interacting with some tea. 
and extend the awareness of tea to the particular tea that you have chosen for yourself today. The eyes are closed. We're just calling that tea in the mind's eye for a moment. The eyes are open. So allowing the eyes to rest on the tea that you have with you today. Picking our tea up and allowing the fingertips to greet the tea, to pet our tea. Notice the different shapes and textures of our tea today. And just notice what happens with just this little teeny bit of input, this little bit of sensory input. What happens? What happens when you bring the tea to your nose? When you breathe in this tea, when you exhale the tea, what happens to your awareness of your center of gravity? And note that there's not anything in particular that should happen. It's just noticing. happens to your center when you invite in a little bit of an outside element. And whatever you're ready, go ahead and serve yourself some tea, taking a nice little pinch of leaves, just noticing what it feels like to handle the tea in this way, to pick it up with the fingertips instead of using a spoon or something else, just to be in conversation with the tea directly. And then whenever you're ready, go ahead and get your hot water making any movement in your space that you need. That might be standing up and going to the stove, leaning over somehow, just noticing the addition of movement. Notice if any of your movements might feel automated, like you don't think about the reaching over to get something. Notice which of your movements feel intentional. Once you have your water, slowly adding it over the leaves, be starting in the very center of the bowl and making little small circles working your way to the outside. Going from the center out. And then when you reach near the full of your bowl, drawing the water back into the center before stopping.
And if it's comfortable to do so, can let the hands rest alongside the bowl today. And they can be directly touching the bowl. And if it's a little too hot, you can give just like a little whisper of air space between the fingertips and the bowl, just enough so that you can feel its presence. You can feel that there's something with its own gravity between your hands. I'm just simply watching what's happening on the surface of the tea. How does the tea itself respond with this additional input, this hot water that comes in and wakes up the tea? What is the manner in which the tea wakes up? Can you see how the tea is waking up? Often in tea, when we talk about stimulation, specifically where Western minds often like to go is caffeine. We like to think of the literal stimulation that comes from some tea and to quantify it, how much or how little. But there's actually so much more in tea that contributes to a sense of stimulation, a sense of brightening or alertness, as well as a sense of calmness, a stimulation that brings us to drop our busyness and our activity that goes well beyond just one, one little chemical. There's a whole lot more going on there. And we can choose how we engage with that to where it becomes a stimulation that calls us back to the present moment, a stimulation that is a mindfulness spell, or one that becomes distracting, knowing when we're ready to stop. And so as we interact with our tea today, we'll pause to consider at each point what we're noticing that's stimulating, how we're feeling that response in our body that tells us it's a stimulation. So first, when the bowl seems okay to lift it, let's go ahead and lift the bowl and breathe the tea. Focusing your awareness on the tip of the nose and just inside the nostrils. What is waking up? And how does that feel? And how it feels can be something anywhere from a physical sensation, a temperature difference, or it could be a, an emotional response. It, it really is 
so wide open to your interpretation. Just how's it feel when you are breathing in this tea? And then after a moment, whenever you're ready, releasing that for a moment, just lowering the bowl and breathing in the air around you again. What response do you notice in the body? The pattern of your breath, the pattern of your heart rate, the pattern of your thoughts, just what happens when you transition like that. And now whenever you're ready, try taking a sip of the tea. Going nice and slow. Really feeling the presence of the tea in the mouth. Intentionally swallowing it. Seeing if you can notice the sensation in the throat going down in the chest. And what does this little input of stimulation feel like? Just fully recognizing that depending on how we are today, this might feel like a single drop of rain or it could feel like a monsoon matter of just how sensitive we might be feeling and how attuned to that sensitivity we might be feeling. And that being more sensitive isn't necessarily a bad thing either. Just how does this first sip of tea feel? Is it a drop of rain or is it a monsoon? Then when you're ready, taking a second sip. Just adding a little bit more. Noticing what changes. And considering for a moment that we continue our rainfall analogy here, that depending on the circumstances around us, a few drops or the pouring rain either could be welcome or they could be not enough or too much all at the same time. 
few little drops may be what perks up something that's feeling droopy and tired, shows the attention that it needs to feel seen. And that little bit of stimulation, that little bit of being seen, lasts for just a few minutes, or it could last the whole day. And the same with the flood. It could completely fill you up. It could also overwhelm. So moving at your own pace, just taking another sip of tea And then slowly noticing the difference of just that extra little sip. See if you can notice what is stimulated in the body and where. And if you need a little help knowing where to look, where to shine that awareness, perhaps consider going back to the place where you first started. Where was your sense of gravity? When we first came down and sat on our cushion. And just in that little area around that sphere, what do you notice that is feeling a little bit more perked up, a little bit more stimulated? How does that feel? Once you have a sense of noticing and acknowledging that, if you like, you can take another sip of tea, just moving at your own pace. If you don't want to drink tea, you don't have to drink tea. And at the same time that we can acknowledge what is being called a wakefulness, we can also acknowledge what might feel a little distracted. What is the nature of that distraction? Is it tightly wound or is it something that's kind of meandering? How does it feel to acknowledge the distraction? And can the distraction and the stimulation be in conversation with each other? Can we take a sip of tea? And can we allow the stimulation to have a conversation with the distraction? What do you think they're saying to each other?
Now, as we're getting closer to our leaves in the bowl, somewhere in the middle, somewhere near the bottom, we notice that the, the sensory input intensifies. We start to notice more. There's a fuller sensation, an earthiness, a certain heaviness that might even feel very similar to our own sense of weight and rootedness and gravity that we were centering our awareness on earlier. You might notice some similarities between these points. Consider what happens to your awareness to keep the stimulation and the distraction together in the same moment, to be aware of them. As we get closer to something that is more noticeable, something that's a little bit louder, something that's more intense, can you still hear the conversation? Now, wherever you are with your bowl of tea at the moment, go ahead and set it down. Allow the hands to rest in the lap. Allow your awareness to return just to you, just to your own internally felt sensations. Noticing again the pattern of your breathing sense of rise and fall in the body. And during the rest of our time together this morning, if you like, you can add more fresh water to your leaves. See what else this does for this internal conversation for you, how it feels to interact with something that is active at the same time that you are also calmly sitting and intaking information and doing your own processing. What is it like to have those things happening at the same time? As a means to allow us to reconsider with full depth, what does it mean to have stillness? How can distraction and stimulation bring us to stillness actually in a way that we hadn't considered?
Thanks for your patience. Let us, let us wander together <clears throat> through a field of stimulation and, and distraction. <clears throat> so there is a word that describes an orisha. Uh, Ibeji is this word. I'll put it in the chat. Uh, it is a, a Yoruba orisha, um, a member of the pantheon of, of orishas that comes to us from the Yoruba tradition and the Yoruba people. Uh, a region of Africa that some of us now know as uh, parts of Nigeria or Nigeria and other parts. And uh, when I was first introduced to this Orisha, this concept, this word, I was handed the definition that it describes twins who share the same soul. Uh, and uh, Ibeji, it, it is this this Orisha is a set of twins. There are two, uh, Taiwo and Kehinde. And uh, in, this, in this practice and in this culture, twins are very auspicious and very magical. And if one of a set of twins is born to a family and one of them dies, uh, then the family will, will go to a craftsman, an artisan, and get an icon of that dead twin made, and it becomes a member of the family. Uh, and the artisan gets to decide what it looks like aside from the sex of the twin. But, but then from then on, the family treats the twin or treats that icon like it is a member of the family. Uh, and so there are two siblings, like I said, Taiwo and Kehine. And the second, Kehine, is actually considered the elder twin. Uh, and so he sends, or they send Taiwo, the first twin, into the earth, into this plane of existence to see if it is ready, to see if we can receive the second twin. And I was thinking about this as I was thinking about these ideas of distraction and stimulation and wondering if like Taiwo and Kehinde, stimulation and distraction are twins who share the same soul. I don't know. I wonder. Stimulus is a is an experience and it can cause a reaction. It needn't always cause a reaction, but sometimes it can. When we experience a thing, when we experience a sensation, then we respond to that experience. Stimuli like hunger, or fatigue, or even pain, right? Any of these, all of these, hopefully, you know, all things at standard temperature and pressure, not good or bad, just input. And we get to decide how to meet it, right? And how we decide how to meet it has any number of effects on our physiological system, on our energetic body, on our mental and emotional body, on our relational body. So many of you know I'm in graduate school, and this week is my finals week. 
Uh, and in fact, I have a final due today that is not done. <laughs> so when we part ways this morning, I will go and continue to work on it. Um, and one of the things I have been thinking, I've been thinking about stimulation and distraction through the lens of the demand of finals and graduate school and thinking about what I put into my senses, what I put into my body that is to, that is to stimulate or that is stimulating and what I engage in and with that is distracting. And uh, one of the things I've been using this week is an essential oil. Um, so I ordered, I ordered some essential oils this week and, and the bottles they came in is super, super tiny because um, they're quite pricey and that's, this is what I can afford. Uh, and so I've been placing them strategically like on the, the space between my eyebrows or my temples or behind my ears and allowing the stimulus specifically of this one, which is sandalwood to, to kind of do its good work on my physical and energetic system. Will this allow me to let my mind settle a little and release some of the other mental input that right now feels like distraction in a week? It may not be distraction. It may be very much the thing on which I want to place my attention and energy. But right now I have a task in front of me that is time sensitive. So how do I settle and focus on that task? And it's been really helpful. It's been the, the sort of sweetest combination of calming and, and focusing. And that's not a plug for essential oil. That's just part of my experience this week. Um, I think it is interesting and I think it is useful to look at input and when it is stimulus and when it is distraction. And I really appreciate that Sue's sort of laid the ground, sowed seeds for us to hold both of these in one hand, in conversation with each other, in relationship with one another. I also think of the limb of yoga, pratyahara, when I think of stimulus or stimulation and distraction. Uh, pratyahara being that limb that comes after pranayama, after asana, after uh, the yamas and the niyamas. That is to say, after our practice of relationship to people, things, and space around us, after the practice of relationship to our own energy and energy with the divine, after our steadiness and comfort in our physical body and after our work with our pranic body. It is the limb of restraining our senses. And what happens when we are able to engage in a pratyahara practice? Need it be a $75 hour in a sensory deprivation tank? Need it be a confusing and complex posture and a new mudra and us sealing up our eyes and ears and mouth and allowing only the barest to get through that will keep us alive and sustained? Could it just be a little less television? Could it just be that we put the phone down half an hour before bedtime? Could it, could it just be that we eat attentively and pause when we feel we have had enough? Or that we take a breath before we speak? 
or move in any direction. I'm curious about the relationship between or, um, stimulation and distraction. And I often like to leave us with a question, leave us with even a suggestion, because I'm pushy, so I will give you unsolicited advice. But today I don't have any. Uh, I suppose if, if I had to, my question or my advice might be for us to be curious about what comes in around us. Uh, it's important that I say that I'm not advocating for stimuli that only makes us feel good. That's not realistic. It's not the world we live in. And I, I don't think that it is fair to us and fair to people we're in relationship with to only put in what makes us feel good, right? We know from practice that all feelings are temporary. So good feelings, bad, bad feelings, whatever these words mean, they come and go. But what, what happens when we put in just enough? How do we respond to it? And what happens when we put in too much? How might we be able or unable to respond to it? What happens when we put in not enough? So I will wander with you, friends, as we continue to consider our relationship to what is stimulating and what is distracting and when. Thank mm -hmm. you.